0: Hello, and welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. I'm Eric Lacasse, and today we'll be talking about Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, or better known as Pentecost. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome, welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It is the 10th of May. 2021. And I am getting excited. We're kind of drawing a close to the end of the school year for um, the children that I drive a school bus for, and also for my um, children who go to a private Christian school. And I'm really excited for what's to come this summer. We're going to be going through a lot of transitions and changes. But the first thing that we are going to be celebrating before all of that happens is Shavuot. Shavuot which is, it means weeks in Hebrew, and in the New Testament, the Brit Hadasha, it is known as Pentecost, which is Greek for 50th, because it occurs 50 days, or seven weeks and one day, after the Feast of fruits, which is Yam Habukurim, which we actually did discuss, and honestly, if I had known... Um, you know, I'm learning along with you guys. Um, I am reading once again from the complete guide of, to celebrating our Messiah and the festivals by Susan Mortimer. Um, you know, and I was funny cause I was, I remember I was looking during Pentecost for more information on, um, the Feast of first fruits because it, honestly it's kind of limited. Um, it's really kind of small and it has a lot to do obviously with wave offerings and different offerings that you, um, the Israelites would do at the temple and the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost actually starts out talking about that. So um, I'll know this for next year when and if we do discuss this again, which I'm sure that we will. Um, but I am going to be reading quite a bit from this book simply because once again, she says things um, in such a way that I'm like, I can't possibly replicate, replicate that um, better. the way that she did it so the story of the feast of weeks is in leviticus 23 to 1521 and it talks about the barley and the wave offering which is the feast of first fruits and then you count off seven full weeks count off 50 days up to the day of the seventh sabbath or shabbat and then present offering of new grain of wheat to adonai um and then from wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two-tenths of an ephah. And then it talks about how you do that, which has flour, yeast, and you bring it as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. You present with this bread seven male lambs, one young bull, and two rams, and one male goat for a sin offering and two lambs for a fellowship offering. Proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. Also known as... All of us of the Christian faith, believers of Messiah should be celebrating this. Now it I I have to agree with her in this book. She talks about how it's actually not a well known and or uh, fully celebrated uh, feast. I think I remember the first time we had encountered this was actually in Hawaii when we lived there and it was fantastic. It really was a great inter- introduction to it. It actually, I think was the first feast we ever actually had celebrated um, with other believers. And, um, some friends of ours, who are originally from Romania, um, that we had met, met at a Messianic congregation while uh, in Hawaii, had invited us because they knew a friend who was going to be celebrating it and had invited us. And I was like, "Oh, well, this sounds fantastic. We'll totally come." It was on like the side of a cliff and or mountain on on uh, Oahu, and this gentleman had like a little farm and he had goats and stuff, and he had set up a tent and had a lot of um, just decorations and food. And I remember us um, reading from the book of Ruth and there was dancing and the kids were all celebrating. It was just a really beautiful time of fellowship. And I think it was pretty reminiscent of a wedding, which I will talk about in a few minutes. Um, And honestly, I didn't even make that connection until today when I was reading up on Shavuot. So... Deuteronomy tells us to give our first fruits gladly, remembering that we have been freed from bondage. So, in temple times, those celebrating came in colorful outfits and garlands, singing, dancing, and bearing gifts of produce to a central area. And they would sing Psalm 150, which is I rejoice with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. That's Psalm 122, one through two. I apologize. The next part is a Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him with for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet or shofar. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding symbols. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm pretty sure that you you got basically the gist of that was to praise the Lord. And everything that you have, praise him. Now, for the Feast of Shavuot, typically what we do is we go over the ten words, which we learned about in previous podcasts, or also known as the Ten Commandments. Um the time of the giving of our law, Zaman Matan Tortenu, is another name for this feast. The rabbis connected this feast with the day God gave the law or Torah to Moses or Moshe. To commemor- commemorate this, the Ten Commandments are read during the services. They are some of the most important words in the Bible, the foundation of Jewish and Christian ethics, and the basic moral code for all mankind. I think we all can agree with that. Like shoot, even people who aren't believers agree that a lot of the Ten Commandments is something that we should uh, strive to live by. Unfortunately, not as many as I'm sure a lot of us would like. But since the giving of the law, the Torah, and Pentecost, Shavuot, both occur in the third month of the sacred year, the birthday of Judaism became its main theme. So... The three days before Pentecost are called the three days of preparation, since the Israelites had to purify themselves for three days before receiving the law. Pentecost, or Shavuot, Eve, is devoted to the study of Scripture. Um, A lot of congregations, they will actually have everyone come together on the night um, of uh, Shavuot, Eve, and read the scriptures together. And some will do it all night long. I actually read, um, you know, because there's a lot of tips and things in this book. Um, one congregation evidently, they make because dairy is a traditional food for this feast, they go all out and they buy gallons and gallons and gallons of vanilla ice cream, and then they have like three men from the congregation put on chef hats and and serve it cold stone style. And so you can just have vanilla, obviously, or you can also have like I think it was fudge and brownie and then you, or you could just have berry or you could have a gummy worms with your uh, ice cream, which of course is a big hit for the kids. They would have the kids eat their ice cream, read the word with them a little bit. And then once it was time for them to settle down for the night, they would put them in the nursery and they would calm down, you know, have their sleeping bags and everything and go to sleep. I told my kids this tradition and shockingly, they thought it was a fantastic idea. I'm sure it had more to do with the ice cream than necessarily staying up all night reading the word, but Um, that's a great introduction. It's something to link something kids might see as fun with something that's super important, which is reading the word of God and seeing their parents do it as well. Um, So that to me sounds like a good tradition. It may not be a biblical tradition, but that's what we would call a good tradition. Um, They also, uh, in Jewish tradition, they would read the Psalms. Tradition says that King David was born and also died on Shavuot. Some Jewish communities light 150 candles in their synagogues to represent all the Psalms. Many of which were written by David. That is a whole lot of candles. Um, actually, it kind of reminds me or is reminiscent of times I've been in the Catholic Church where they have a lot of candles that you light for those you're praying for, I believe. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that one. Um, the harvest. Shavuot celebrates the harvest of wheat and barley, vines, and fig trees pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. You'll find that in Deuteronomy 8.8. Today we celebrate by decorating our congregations and homes and themes of harvest and first fruits using green plants, herbs, and floral arrangements. Torah scrolls are covered with special embroidered green coverings. I think it's really great that that's the way that we are able to celebrate now, especially because so many of us are no longer um, farmers there are still some out there, but you know, a lot of us do not have easy access to, uh, you know, we don't grow wheat or barley or pomegranates or, uh, uh, figs. Although I do, I am growing a fig tree, but it is definitely not going to be ready for another couple years. So I am excited for that until that happens. I will just continue decorating with whatever happens to be on hand. Um, The harvest theme can be seen in the Gospels. Yeshua talked with his followers about the spiritual aspect of harvest, the harvest of souls in Matthew nine, 35 to 38, which is abridged. Yeshua went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Before he ascended into heaven, Yeshua told them that they, they were to be witnesses of him everywhere. In other words, the field was the whole world. The harvest would come from every part of the earth. Acts 1 4 through 8. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For Yohanan, or John, baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And in Acts, it tells of a great harvest that began a few days later on Shavuot. In Acts 2, 1 through 40, which is a bridge, guys. I'm not reading the whole thing. Um, When the day of Pentecost, Shavuot came, they, his followers, were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit, the Ruach, enabled them. They were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked, What does this mean? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. Those who accepted his message were baptized in about three Thousands were added to their number that day. It's so easy to read that and skim over. What a miracle that is. I think, especially for us uh, in America, we tend to kind of skim over that. We're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like the Holy Spirit just came down and touched 3000 people. Like, do you understand how amazing that was? How amazing it was that they were speaking different tongues and people from different nations could understand them. That's, that's amazing and crazy to me. People from many nations heard and believed Yeshua as their Messiah. When they returned to their own homes, they took the good news of the kingdom of God with them and spread it throughout the known world. Shavuot can also be thought of as the birthday of the church. The word church comes from the old English word that means belonging to Christ. The Greek term for church is ecclesia, which means called out to be separate from the world. And I know today like the word church is kind of a dirty word um, in a lot of circles because a lot of times the church tends to harm more than heal. And I think that we need to um, go back to our roots, which is why I love being a Messianic believer. Um, No, we are not perfect in any way, shape, or form. However, Um, I believe going back to our roots and going back to the foundation of the word of God, the entire thing, not just parts of it, will help to begin the healing that we need, especially in our relationship with non-believers and even a relationship with those who are. In Shavuot can be seen as the wedding day of Israel. The Sephardic Jews say they are married to the law or Torah since it was given at this time. But scripture Tells us that Israel is being married to God Himself with the Ten Commandments, as the marriage covenant or ketubah. I never say that right. It could be ketubah. My my husband tried to tell me, and I I I was trying to memorize it, and I probably got that totally wrong. But um, Jeremiah two two, the word of the Lord came to me: Go and proclaim in Jerusalem. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. In the same way, we can see the giving of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh during Pentecost or Shavuot as a sign of the new marriage covenant. In 2 Corinthians 3, 3 and 6, your letter from Hamashiach, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. He has made us ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. In the book, Israel's Feast in Their Fullness by Batia Wotin, she says this on page 187. It's, this is beautifully put by Batia Wotin. When we realize that the Ten Commandments impart the spirit of the Father's covenant, we more clearly see the new covenant fulfillment of Shavuot. The spirit of the law, the Torah, was first written in flames of fire on tablets of stone by the finger of God. That covenant was then written with tongues of fire on our hearts of flesh by the spirit, the ruach of God. And I think it's just a beautiful picture of God fulfilling his promises. And for the church, Paul or Shaul describes this miracle. In Ephesians 2, through 16, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles or Goyim by birth were separate from Christ, HaMashiach, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in HaMashiach, Yeshua, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of HaMashiach. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier. The dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Elsewhere, Paul or Show summarizes it this way There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's Galatians 3.28. Unlike most offerings, the two loaves of bread contain yeast. Remember, I was talking about the two loaf offerings at the beginning that, that they would give during this feast. So there is yeast in this bread. There's hametz, which symbolizes the presence of sin. So, too, the church is not perfect. For it is made up of sinners saved by God's grace. Several times a year, the first fruits of different crops were to be brought to God. The first time is Feast of Firstfruits, which we talked about in a previous podcast, for the barley harvest. At that feast, Yeshua rose from the dead. So John 1223 to 28, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Yeshua is saying that he was the kernel that must die in order to produce the harvest. The harvest, all those who accept him as their savior, is possible only because he was willing to die. Shavuot is when the first fruits of the wheat harvest were presented to God. Shaul, or Paul, says in Romans 8:11 and 23, "If The spirit of him who, is raised, who raised Yeshua from the dead is living in you. He who raised Hamashiach from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Ruach. We ourselves, who have the first fruits, Habu Kurim, of the spirit, the Ruach, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Yeshua told his disciples to bear fruit, right? In John 15, 16, 17, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask my name. This is my command, love each other. John the Baptist or Yohanan the Immerser tied all the elements of Pentecost, Shavuot together. Yeshua, the receiving of the Ruach HaKodesh, the wheat harvest, Shavuot, the gathering of the saints and the final judgment of unbelievers in Matthew 3:11 and 12. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The time of Shavuot can be a really great bonding time for a family or even a group, a congregation, right? Even if you have the little guys, right, the little ones, you can stay up for a few hours later than usual and focus on the gift of God's word. Traditionally, like I said, foods are eaten on this day, dairy foods. So that would include dishes with milk, cream, and soft cheeses. So some of those are cheesecake, which is my husband's personal favorite, kugel, and cheese blintzes. Obviously, the another tradition from a different congregation is ice cream. All of these are dairy. Um, so kind of stinks if you're lactose intolerant. Um, thankfully, that is not one of my issues. Not that I'm saying that dairy is super great for me to have on a regular basis, but it's something that I can enjoy every once in a while. And Shavuot is one of those times. One of the following prayers uh, you can say at a ceremony for Shavuot. It's Baruch Aronai. Elohenu mela haolam asher shalach et hamana ham Buyom hashavuot liot lanu lurua hae met. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sent the Comforter on the day of weeks, Shavuot, to be used or to be to us the Spirit of Truth. It's Super important. Another one of the things that I I love is that not only do you read the Ten Commandments, but typically during this festival, you also read the book of Ruth because the Ten Commandments represents you celebrating um, God making a covenant with the Israelite people, with the Jewish people. And in Ruth it's God drawing a Gentile to himself as well, because Ruth was a Gentile. She was not a Jew. Um, And so I think that's a beautiful picture of what we do. Another thing that I thought was really beautiful, and, and my daughters may take me up on that, is uh, a lot of times people will also celebrate it because it's also reminiscent of a wedding feast. It's a time of when uh, Yeshua can come for his bride. So he it is the day that he picks his bride. So some people like to decorate as for a wedding on this day. Um, another family in a different congregation decorates their house in delicate colors for the occasion and sets a table with the type of wear that would grace a wedding table. They wrap lace netting and beautiful silk flowers all the way up their banister. They have 10 cardboard tablets with one of the 10 commandments on each. These are placed on the stairs as a great visual aid for the kids. Another reason I really love this book, it's not just telling you about the feast, but it's also giving you ideas to um, how to celebrate and how to commemorate and remember these feasts. They have, shoot, they even have, like, a little play that you can do with your family. It's called Ruth and Rhyme for wo which is a conclusion. They have different scenes for that. They have, um, they have so much in this book. It's just, it's rather ridiculous. because they have songs. Um, one of the songs is called The Law of Love, which I've never heard before. Um, they have, they have recipes. They have a recipe for cheese blints, which I have never made, but I might just do that this year because there's a recipe for it. They have a, a paper that you can print out for talent night. So maybe even in your congregation or even just your family, you can have a talent night because Shavuot celebrates the beginning of the wheat harvest and is a time to bring our first fruits of the, to the Lord. And our first fruits can include the giving of ourselves and our talents in gratitude to the Lord. They don't need to be serious for it is God who's given us our sense of humor, but they should obviously be in good taste. Sina, I love that. It gives you some really great options and ideas. They also go into, and I might actually do a whole nother podcast on it about God's covenants and how it it is a mirror image of how we, how the Jewish wedding is, is done. Um, It's a beautiful representation and she gets into it and it's, It's fantastic. So I think I might actually get into that as well. The other thing they talk about is simply the Holy Spirit. Um, What is Who's the Holy Spirit? What was the role of the Holy Spirit? What was it after Yeshua's ascension? Um, So it's just really... It's a really beautiful... um, Thing it's a really beautiful book. I really enjoy it. Um, I would encourage you once again to to get this book. Hopefully she does not mind that I'm basically reading a good portion of her book. It has just got so much great information. I just don't think I could possibly um, reiterate any better how she has done in the book. Um, I want to encourage you if you do not have a congregation to try to find some like-minded believers in your area because it's so important to have that time of communion and fellowship with each other where you can lean on one another and lift each other up in those hard times and in those fantastic times where you have testimonies and celebrations. Shavuot is a time of celebrating. And I think it's really important to be able to do that with at least some someone else. Try to find somebody else that you can celebrate this with, even if it is just your your immediate family. Make it a fun time to spend together. Now, as I always do, I'm going to leave you with the ironic Benediction, you can find this in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bas- b'ashem Yeshua Sashalom In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Now may you have a blessed week. I pray that you had a great Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. Um, love on people who maybe have lost their mothers and are really mourning that time with their mothers. Um I try my best not to take that time for granted. I love my mother dearly and I miss my grandmother very much. So don't, don't take a, uh, you know, take advantage if your, your parents are alive, if your mother's alive and just love on them today. Have a blessed week and I will see you again next time please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M as in Mike, M is in Mike, M in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on Anchor.FM slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet. If you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment, I would love to hear from you.